all that is to say, I've had a lot of uh, tortillas of all colors today, and it's been a good day. <laughs> you sound so progressive. Yeah. <laughs> diversity, equity, and inclusion of tortillas. <laughs> Tortilla diversity is our strength. <laughs> In this house, we believe. <laughs> In this house, we tortilla. tortillas are good, no matter the color. <laughs> science is real. The science of nixtamalization. <laughs> that's the only science that's real. Listen. Grace Jones has become unstuck in time. It's Think Outside the Box set, the internet's only hot take machine. I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. This is, hmm, let me check right here, episode 10 of season 22. Even This 10. is the ultimate, for now, episode of our Grace Jones season. The brought last to us word by Nathan Hunt. Jones. What? I was just saying that this was an artist that you brought to the table. Oh, very yes. Specifically. Yes, it was. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm glad we explored her music. Yeah, I, um, it's fun to explore like a uh, counterculture figure that feels actually countercultural, you know, and didn't like become the new uh, like hegemony in the same way that like, yeah. You know, Nirvana was like an alter, like the alternative music scene. Sure, sure, sure. Like, just became the music scene for at least white people, especially the Pacific Northwest. Right. <laughs> yeah. I appreciated how appropriate Grace Jones story was for what we do on this show, which is talking about public perception versus studio album music making. Mm -hmm. And like, what is the intersection there? Is the music actually deserving of the public perception mm -hmm. uh does the public perception influence the music making at all and i feel like we got all different levels of of that uh mm -hmm. we got the grace jones is sort of a bright-eyed ingenue um and a studio is trying to figure out what to do with her we've gotten that we've mm -hmm. told that story on the show before we've gotten the um artist responding in the music to their own public perception. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that Grace Jones has done that more elegantly than most artists have uh, specifically mm -hmm. like, you know, if we're talking about a T-Pain or an Eminem, um, that mm -hmm. shit is uh, awful to listen to, Yeah, you know, artists uh, gazing at their own navel and, and f taking our heads and being like, look at my navel. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good visual. <laughs> yeah, I'd never seen like yeah. Grace Jones had like a chip on her shoulder in the same way that someone like T-Pain certainly does. And Eminem, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, she she talks about she she talks about things that she has, you know, like I take issue with, with this. Yeah, yeah, that she has problems with. Um, but they're feel like yeah. extremely legitimate criticisms for one thing and also her tone is like isn't just like aggrieved whiny she like right she feels like she's she has enough process done about the ideas that she's presenting in in her best songs at least uh that it doesn't feel like she's like she has to fill a quota she has to write songs in time for an album but she's not ready she doesn't have the stuff processed in order to write good songs about him, which mm -hmm. is like an Alanis Morissette thing that we ran into a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, an Eminem thing, uh, Grace Jones. Um, yeah, I think often was just like ready to talk about whatever. Um, the only moment for me that was a little upsetting to listen to and unnerving is the slave to the slave to the rhythm album, where her voice is so sidelined and it's so focused on other people telling the story of her public persona. Right. And the, and the only voice that she gets is <laughs> saying like, help. Yeah. She's like slave. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think is, is definitely like designed to 
unsettle us in those ways. Yeah, but uh, you know, but for who, <laughs> you know, like who, <laughs> like I don't yeah. understand the, you know, who's whose idea that is like it it right. reminds me of like max martin writing for britney spears the like lucky uh she's so lucky she's a star but she mm-hmm. cry cry cries in the lonely hour or whatever the lyric is you know it's just like you're writing f- you're shaping this person's mythology and you're working into the mythology this level of this metal level of if they only knew the real me but it's mm-hmm. like you're writing that meta level mm-hmm. if they only knew the real me to uh-huh. increase the intrigue that still isn't the truth mm-hmm. uh, and I felt like that listening to slave to the rhythm like I don't know who I'm supposed to be listening to in this album and it does it feels like someone uh stole the ball from grace Jones um, hmm. but this album this is I enjoyed this album mostly uh and I don't think it's my yeah. favorite of hers, but I think she she's not just doing the most generic options. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's right. I mean, it's been about 20 years. She's writing in a more... Well, sort of. Sort of. That's a good point. She's tried to have comebacks, but Listen, this is her first successful comeback. Grace Jones has become unstuck in time. <laughs> Bulletproof Heart, 1989. Uh, about 10 years later, um, I think 97, she starts thinking about making new music again. Uh, after she had vowed never to make another album after Bulletproof Heart. <clears throat> I don't know if I saw why, um, or if there was any like reason or anything, uh, like that. Um, so it's almost, it's, uh, eight years, I guess, 1997. She starts making music again. Uh, she collaborated with someone named Tricky. Uh, under the title Cradle to Grave, um, which eventually became the song Hurricane. And so I'm not sure to what extent um, this album was recorded in the 90s or was conceived of or was like the tracks laid down. But yeah, it's it's a bit out of time, this album, because it's not it isn't released until 2008. So it's kind of it yeah it's, it's kind of a 1997 1998 record that has some like 2008 updates that gets released in 2008 i um, do wonder how much production the production seemed consistent to me it did seem fairly consistent it in quality at least yeah and here is like again my total ignorance of this uh style of music it feels a bit like anachronistic in 2008 like i it's Sure. It's probably Grace Jones's most reggae album. It's got a lot of like dub and electronica uh style reggae, so pretty different from like Bob Marley, um at least in like tone or or whatever. Uh but a lot of it is um the Compass Point All-Stars Sly and Robbie those like guys from way back. Um the main thing it reminded me of <laughs> I texted you this. Uh the Boom King song from Flight of the Concords. <laughs> Uh, and to me, that song is like um, the parody is like an old, like it's a it's an older song, like it's the '80s or '90s that they're kind of parodying in that song. And a lot of this album reminded me of that. So, and again, I'm like pretty ignorant of a lot of this history and like the development of reggae as a genre and like the different sounds from different times. But that was my main touch point as a totally ignorant person. <laughs> that I think that deserves a little unpacking. Uh, maybe, maybe we could say that I think the flight of the Concords as a band, they have really great taste in music. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that they're only really, um, (laughs) they're only really, uh, parodying or pastiching something. If, if there's a part of them that, that like really loves what they're doing. Right. Like, they want to make good music, uh, including the Boom King song, which is really fun. It's it's really fun. I, d- I didn't mean to imply that I think this is a dumb or bad genre of music or anything. Um, I was mostly just, like, talking about, like, its temporality. Um, right. I mean, I'm just saying, like, associating uh, 
you know, Flight of the Concords with silliness. Usually when oh, we do that on this show, I see. we we invoke the idea of, you know, talking about the issues but keeping it funky, which uh-huh. is, I would say, Flight of the Concords at their most kind of venomous towards the material that they're pastiching. Yeah. Um, is pastiching uh, an appropriate verb? Sure. I don't know. We can verb the show. Um, <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, anyway, Boom King is great. I don't know if that song has aged well or not, but... Um, great question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it might not at all. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe not. He's like, he's, I mean, he's kind of affecting a Caribbean uh, accent in that song. Uh, yeah. Brit. Yeah. Mackenzie is. Kind of is. Um, I, yeah, and then it obviously, like, gets into issues of, like how much I mean we, we we discussed this with Eminem's album he had a whole album where he was like affecting a, a weird not weird yeah. uh, a not his ethnicity voice weird for him weird for him uh, is what I mean and uh, and then he refers to it in a following album uh-huh. he's like I'm really sorry about that I don't <laughs> know what I was thinking you know? <laughs> basically he's just I like, was on I a lot of drugs I, I was taking a lot of pills <laughs> when I did that yeah which is such a weird move but also just like i don't know different vocal approaches and deliveries like are at home in different styles of music so yeah i'm, I'm curious uh-huh. like what extent is this like kind of an uh, appropriation like icky kind of uh ethnicity play acting minstrelsy almost uh and to what extent I... is just like trying to <laughs> embody the genre i don't know maybe we'll get into I, it. maybe we'll I... listen to some of it later on yeah, I would say that Brett McKenzie is, uh, I think you wrote Boom King uh, after Sean Paul had started to get popular uh. and was doing this sort of, my impression, I don't know that much about him, but he's like trying to do this sort of like Miami Caribbean hip hop mm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of, the, and I remember in, in the discourse about that music at the time, the way people responded to it was like, I can't understand any of this. Are they actually saying any words, which is a thing that has been leveled against, uh, rappers in general. Right. And is usually a racist dog whistle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know enough about Sean Paul. Uh, I'm sure he's saying actual words. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I don't know enough about Sean Paul specifically. And that sort of, you know, the stuff that rose to the top of that genre to know if there is like, um, lyrics of, you know, t- cause it's pop music. It might not be actual sub substantial lyrics there, you know, mm-hmm. at least the stuff that rises to the top. And maybe that's what flight of the Concords is parodying, or maybe they're just sort of saying like, isn't this music silly? And then in that case, that would be pretty problematic. Mm. So, yep. My, for my money, like, part of that being the the delivery and the accent, right, is like oh, this doesn't sound like anything, you know. Well, That's... for my money, uh, Sean Paul II is a much better pope than Sean Paul the First. I don't know. <laughs> we we're, we're talking a lot about Flight of the Concords and Sean Paul. Let's talk about Grace Jones. <laughs> Remember Grace Jones? Um, she is like. A lot of the 90s, she is appearing in, like, TV shows or movies, but none of them are really, uh, none of them are really all that big. Uh, she released one song called Love Bites, which Wikipedia describes as an up-tempo electronic track to promote the sci-fi channel's Vampire Week, um, in 1996. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, the track features Jones singing from the perspective of a vampire, uh, it was released as a non-label promo-only single. To this day, it has not been made commercially available. I didn't even know the sound the the Sci-Fi Channel was around uh, yeah. in 1996. Me either. Um, I mostly remember watching Children of Dune in the early 2000s. Oh right, I heard of that. I never watched it though. Uh, in 2000, she was on uh, Lil Kim's album, The Notorious K.I.M. Uh, she, in 2001, she started the made for television film Wolf Girl, also known as Blood Moon, as an intersex circus performer named Christoph Christine. Oh, or Christoph wow. slash Christine. 
Yeah. Um, and then, so they made that show, and they're like, "We have this intersex character. Who's who's a who's an androgynous person? Well, mm-hmm. Grace Jones. We couldn't give it to an intersex actor. Yeah, inconceivable. Um, yeah. So Wikipedia says that she had several comeback attempts through the '90s, uh, but she didn't actually, you know, have a comeback album until 2008. Um, and the interesting thing is at least on Spotify, one of these songs is incredibly popular. Which one? The song Williams blood has, has almost 2.4 million plays on Spotify. Interesting. Which is, I, I would say that's probably the the best song on this album. It's in her top 10 for sure. But um, okay. Her I think that's the best one on this album. La Vie en Rose with 32.365 that, million. That doesn't seem... I can't account for that. It does seem like novelty plays, because it's not a great version of that song. I mean... It's super not. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so she got some measure of success for it, at least. Um, and then ever since then, she's been like doing stuff like collaborating or appearing on other people's tracks or she recorded, she released a dub version of this album called hurricane dub, uh, in 2001. Um, does that literally just mean no lyrics and it's just the production? No. Um, I don't think that's what that means, but maybe, uh, we can take a listen to, um, okay. A couple of them. Uh, I wish I had gotten sound samples, but fuck it. We'll do it live. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's, that's basically the the history surrounding this album that I skimmed from Wikipedia. Okay, great. Uh, so let's check out uh, the first song, which is called... This when is... You down to speak to you, kind of Look, I am. This is life. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, boy. This is my voice, my weapon of choice. This is life. But the I song is just called This Is. This song has some of the most maybe poetic bluffs mm. in all of G- Grace Jones's writing, but they kind of work for me. Like, mm. I don't want to examine them too much. Um, like he, here's a here's a little a little stanza. This is a plate. This is a cup. This is a story I didn't make up. Um, that little stanza right there, I think it's like kind of interesting. I I think she's trying to like have this like weird rhetorical way of pre- like this is the facts. Like this is uh like that. <laughs> this story is as true as our ability to label things plates or cups, mm-hmm. um, which is a weird way of saying that, but I, th- I think it's interesting and it's engaging, especially when it's that early in the song. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a nursery rhyme or a children's song. Like this is a plate, this yeah. is a cup. Here is a pillow for your sleepy head. Um, you know, uh, all around the mulberry bush. Uh, sure. Um, what's the one? Um, <laughs> Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Like, like, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Well, I, yeah, I mean, point, but I was trying to come up with like songs that have real things that are just kind of non sequitur imagery. Um, yeah, this, this phrasing like really reminds me of that. Um, especially because the next couple lines after this is a story I didn't make up this is a girl lost in the woods, some covered wagon from some other hood. Uh, so it's almost like a, invoking Little Red Riding Hood and like a covered wagon, but also setting it in contemporary uh, like city right. life. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't really um, it doesn't really do anything or continue with any kind of nursery rhyme thing. So I'm kind of yeah. thinking that she wasn't really intending it to be that way. 
because uh, like later on she says this is the paper this is the pen this is my weapon and means to an end um, yeah yeah it's a little more specific mm-hmm. um i think the probably the worst parts of this song are when she starts half rhyming um words with like common suffixes Mm, um, mm-hmm. most of my crimes are of optimism. Yeah. 40,000 volts of recognition. Mm-hmm. They tried to strip me of dignity, but I still have tenacity. Um, edging I into think, Atlantis territory there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, there's, if you start using, uh, you know, four and five syllable words, uh, they will all start to rhyme with each other and it doesn't really count and it isn't really pleasing. Um, mm-hmm. Cause it's all Greek and Latin and, shit anyway. And, that shit all and it's all co- at that point, it's all co- concepts. Yeah. If you're using those words, highly abstract. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't tell me they tried to strip me of dignity, but I still have tenacity. Yeah. Show um, me that. Yeah. Show me that. Yeah. That, I personally, I would prefer that. Yeah. Um, I would enjoy that more. Um, I think the first part of that stanza, most of my crimes are optimism. I think there's something interesting in there. Yeah, crimes of optimism is an interesting thought, I think. Yeah, I think there's something valuable there. And then 40,000 volts of recognition. Maybe that's poetic bluff. Um, But I don't know. I'm a little more interested in those lines. Yeah. Yeah. She does yeah, that this thing is an that interesting song. we've talked about in other songs and other artists, I think, uh, quite a bit. But she has that, like, non-specific they. Um, they tried to strip me of dignity, but I still have tenacity. This yeah. kind of, like, it, it's just, it's such an easy, uh, cheap trick where it's like, Oh, those awful people. And it's just like never really defined who they are, but we know that we're enemies with them and we don't like them. And they try to do bad stuff. Yeah. Sometimes songwriters do this with a non-specific second person as well. Mm -hmm. It's like, who is the second person here? Who is you? Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem to be one specific person. Baba (laughs) is you, I think, is the answer to the question. Yeah. Where are my video game heads Um, at? (laughs) Actually, I haven't I've heard it. that video game is great. I've heard that too. I haven't played it. <laughs> I want to. Uh, this is the tree that Buddha slept under. These are the clouds. This is our thunder. Now, it's... I don't remember... Is that part of the Buddha story? That, like, Siddhartha had, like, a, a righteous nap and then created a religion? Is that part of it? Mm, I haven't heard that part of it, but maybe she's just, like you know, uh, connecting the dots and being like, well, he sat under there for like, what, like 40 days or what? He must've like slept at some point. Right. Interesting. <laughs> I might've phrased it as that Buddha sat under. Cause I feel like the sitting is the more in- important part because he's sitting while he's pondering. Right. You know? Yeah. Cause it's, what is it that he sat under there to just meditate? I think he, well, I, it depends, I think, on, on whatever version. But I think in one version, he, like, sat down. He's like, I'm not getting up until I've, like, solved the problem of human suffering, basically. Damn. Yeah. I might be well, misremembering the details. Or Thanks, Siddhartha. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. You done did it. Champion. Now there's no more suffering. <laughs> hmm. Um, yeah. Uh those lines almost work for me um yeah there's there's a lot of lyrics in this song some of them are i think better than others there's some proto billy eilish are you going into the light are you free of fear today when you lie down to sleep do you kind of float away when we all fall hmm. asleep where do we go that's not yeah right. when we when we all fall asleep. It is weird. Okay, when we all fall asleep, where do we go? Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of uh, stanzas in here that don't seem to particularly connect with each other. Mm-hmm. And I can't necessarily connect to an overall theme in the song. Yeah. Here's two examples. Yeah. This is a lawyer, a professional liar, day after day, yeah. igniting the fire. 
so like on its own, even if it's even in a vacuum, I'm just like, uh, I understand the idea of a lawyer being a professional liar. Um, although it's like, there's a lot of kind of lawyers who do cool work, you know, like immigration lawyers (laughs) and public defenders. And if they're lying, they're lying, you know, in, uh, or they're like playing the game and, you know, for good or interesting ways, you know, it feels like a very like nineties kind of conception of what a lawyer is like, like people have a, uh, Yeah, I mean, maybe the, yeah, maybe this is a 90s song. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the moral panic around litigation. Yes. Um, oh, man, I remember that being huge in the 90s. The, like, McDon- the lady suing McDonald's. The McDonald's coffee, yeah. What a horrific story. Um, there's a great podcast called You're Wrong About that I think does one or two, maybe more episodes about that specific case. Uh, great, incredible podcast. Those episodes are amazing. One of the things that uh, Michael Hobbs points out is that the thing that makes the headlines is these huge settlements. Like this lady right. got like $135 million because the judge wanted her to get like one hour's worth of all of McDonald's revenue from all its coffee. Just like some arbitrary weird thing that ended up right. being like hundreds of millions of dollars. And so that's the headlines. And so like right. Jay Leno and like you know, Letterman and like all these people are like, yeah, you, you seen this? You heard of this? You seen this? You heard this? Uh, so some lady sued McDonald's for $135 million. I don't have a very good Jay Leno impression. <laughs> I never really watched him. <laughs> I thought that it was, was pretty good. I got horrific. it. I know um, who you're talking about. <laughs> you like cars? Um, uh, he likes cars is the thing. Uh, not the movie, the, the automobile vehicles. Um, Say yeah, so- ciao in a Jay Leno voice. <laughs> Do it now. <laughs> Um, so yeah, the late night people make all these jokes. They drag this lady through the mud. There's all these headlines about it. And then in the appeals, it gets reduced. And then there's another appeal and it gets reduced again. And then it gets reduced again. And then her lawyers take her cut and she ends up getting very little money at all from this like huge, nominally huge settlement that like hot, like fed into a big moral panic of like, this is ridiculous where you can sue someone and get a hundred million dollars or whatever. And she never got anything close to that. And she yeah, originally was just suing for the cost of her medical care. Like she, yeah. Cause she got third degree burns all over her like genitals and uh-huh. legs. She like, and it's like, how do you put a, pr- a price on that? They, you at like, least put a price on that by the cost of the medical, you yeah, know, like her bills labia were melted together. They like fused. Yeah. That's, not good (laughs) it's really bad coffee a drinkable coffee temperature should not be able to do that which i think is another thing that the podcast points out it's like that is too high of a temperature yes because if you put that in your mouth your mouth will get burned also (laughs) like that's not yeah anyway uh so that's that's a big tangent check out uh you're wrong uh, you're wrong about the podcast um we'll have a link in the show notes to that episode um, so there's the lawyer uh, pa- uh, moral panic. And then the next one is, this is the key. This is the door. Imagine the view from the basement floor. I don't think those connect together at all. I don't know how those connect to the larger idea. If there is a large, well, I think the larger idea is supposed to be, this is my story. This is me telling my story, mm-hmm. but then it uh, strays from that almost immediately. Mm-hmm. This is depression. It comes when you're blocking. This is expression. It comes when you're rocking. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess. Sort of. <laughs> I don't know how to pull together all of these ideas. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the most interesting parts of this song are this is a plate. This is a cup. This is a story I didn't make up. And um, maybe some of the stuff about the world healing and raging. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe about a voice being a weapon. Maybe some of that stuff is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're, yeah, uh, in general, my issue with the songwriting, with the lyric writing specifically from Grace Jones is like, there's not enough editing here. These are sloppy songs. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Which is, you know, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. If mm-hmm. you're enjoying that, 
uh, if you're enjoying the separate ideas and you don't need them to piece together in a particular way, it's fine. Um, that's not what I look for in songwriting. I want the like lyrics to have a very specific synergy with each other. And I want the rhythm, the rhythm of the syllables of the lyrics to be satisfying in a particular way. It doesn't mean it has to be in a strict meter. Um, you know, there are all sorts of artists who are fast and loose with meter who are able to deliver the lyrics in a way that is compelling. I mean, look at like, um, Curtis Mayfield or Joni Mitchell, Mm -hmm. um, who I've talked about on the show a lot as people who refuse to write in any particular kind of meter, but their pocket of the rhythmic delivery of the lyrics. They're like, I want to fit all these lyrics in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make it sing rhythmically. What do you think her middle name is? Like, what does that E stand for? Sorry. Jo- Joan E. Mitchell. <laughs> I, I get, I mean, Joan, get that part, but Emily, maybe? What a weird thing to say. Why did, why did, why would anyone say that? What a strange, what a bizarre joke. <laughs> I'm glad you spoke up. <laughs> um, is this the song that has like essentially uh, almost a rap break? You know, e- each of these stanzas is kind of delivered like a a a rap. <laughs> yeah, I, that feels like the widest thing to say. To say a uh, rap, a rap. Yes, it <laughs> sounds like something that my uh, grandma would say. I propose we listen to the sound sample again, catch a little bit of that rapping at, at the back end, and then we check out uh, the Boom King song and see. Okay, got that. She's also like kind of leaning into the Caribbean like yeah. delivery of that song because uh, I that her like habitual speaking voices doesn't quite sound like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Look alive out there! This could be a launching pad for you. People who hold signs, go on to hold. Okay, I'm gonna skip forward because uh, it takes a while to get going he has to get the casio guitar some drums electronic yeah i see you with the sign i wanna boom like it's never been done my smooth like the click boom of a gun my beats stay locked and my eyes are zooming my feet start tweaking and my body's booming the first day boom and the flowers are blooming booty boom bass and the party is booming <laughs> boom and like a rocket taking after the moon boom boom like a bride and the boomer See you shaking that bum bum. See you looking at my bum bum. See you want some bum bum. Okay, I feel like he's not really affecting like a Caribbean voice in that. At least to my ears. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously we get him. Like, is this you know the the way you perform this genre um, in the same way that like I don't know the Rolling Stones try to sound like American blues musicians when they <laughs> sing their right. uh, highly appropriative songs. Um, there's also like a bit, as far as I can tell, there's a big tradition of Pacific Islanders making reggae music and New Zealand sort of being the edge mm-hmm. of what is con- of Pacific Islander culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's all complicated. It's out of my lane. I can't mm-hmm. I can't speak to that particularly. Yes. All right. We've talked about one song. How about we talk about William's Blood? Yeah, and I, I actually want to go to bed soon. Uh, can yeah. we... Quick meta conversation. I think meta, William's Blood we should talk about. Um, and then we should definitely talk about Devil in My Life because I think that's about good. Um, uh, other than that... Uh, I don't have any songs that I particularly need to talk about. Um, we could do maybe some I'll quick defer to you. blow-bys on a few of them. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Great. Right. William's Blood. And that's William's apostrophe after the S. Blood. Yes. Yeah. It's the, the plural possessive. 
So check it out. This is a very autobiographical song about how much Grace Jones' dad sucks and how much her mom fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> and how she uh, identifies a lot more with the Williamses, which is her mother's maiden name, Williams, uh, than the Jones, which came from her father. Yeah, it's a very high context. You have to understand, you know, you have to know what her mom's maiden name is. But I, have, uh, I feel like you you could get it just from yeah, yeah, looking at the lyrics or listening. Uh, I like that she says in at least one of the choruses the you know the idea of keeping up with the Joneses, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the idiom of just be like your next door neighbor, and uh, you're in competition with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, she's talking about her own family. She's right. talking about these two different. Uh, points of heritage mm-hmm. and the idea that the Joneses are, well, I don't know. What is she saying that like one has to keep up with the Joneses, like a certain kind of respectability politics or religiosity. Definitely. Or, religiosity. Um, yeah. Success in some kind of way. And then, but she's saying I relate more to like my mom's side of the family. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I guess she's talking about, her mom's talking about her grandpa, mm-hmm. Grace Jones's grandpa, who's like touring with Nat King Cole mm-hmm. and like fucking ladies mm-hmm. and staying up all night and partying. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I relate to that. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a grandpa Dan than my the square. I'm a dapper <laughs> Dan man. Dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like that's a good point. Like she doesn't really flesh out what the Joneses mean to her. Like the only she says, um, well, I think it's kind of implicit in the way the song treats the religion. She opens with the lines, "You can't save me. You can't save a wretch like me." Clear reference yeah. to Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Um, yeah. And then she Which gets she in- end- ends the song with in an outro. Um, and I have a sound sample of that if we want to play it. Great. Yeah. Um, and then she gets into the first verse about her mom. When she was 17, she married a preacher man and she settled down in a little part of town, followed him all around, having little babies, singing in a little church in a little ghost town. So her father is like, he's a preacher man. He's, he kind of appears as this avatar of sort of conformist domesticity, a yeah. ghost town, um, the subjugation of women and how they just have to like follow this dude around popping out babies left and right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those two lines mm-hmm. followed him around having little babies. Yes. Um, maybe you get to sing in, in a church, in a little church. Yes. But that is the the most, you know, that's the extent to which you get to be a, a star or get to center your own mm-hmm. being. Right. And then later on, there are these lines. Why don't you be a Jones like your sister and your brother, Noel? When are you going to be a Jones? You're just like your dad. God bless his soul. Um, so, it, again, it doesn't like really flesh out. But I think there's a lot being told implicitly of like this kind of like voice of like demanding conformity like you should be doing this you you should yeah. you should you must why don't you do this um so that that tone is like very off-putting um and seems to like how old is grace Jones. at She's this point her, how old is oh, jones uh now sh- uh she was born in 48 at 2008 so 60 she's 60 when this album comes out 60 yeah man i i really hope that i'm like d- the idea of me still processing that stuff when I'm in my 60s stresses <laughs> me out. Like, I feel like I'm at that level now. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't want to learn anything else about the way that my parents have affected me, like, <laughs> fucking 30 years from now. I'm like, I, I would like to be done yes. with that and to be moving on to my own legacy, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, 
what my kids might be thinking about me in their 30s and mm-hmm. not their 60s. You know, like, yeah. that's the level I'd like to be operating on. <laughs> uh, but I also, I also know that people of older generations, that timeline is a little more stretched out because, you know, it's not mm-hmm. as common to have a counselor or a therapist, yes. you know, and totally. you know, some of those, uh, healing moments happen a lot later. Uh-huh. Um, also, but, uh, I don't know if this cool song hear it. is necessarily like processing any of this. That's a good point. It's mostly just like a nice story about her mother and like how much she like, how close she feels to her mother and identifies with her. Um, right. Yeah. That's, um, that's true. Yeah. She might be like, oh, yeah, I figured this out 30 years ago. Right. Um, but now I get to tell that story. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It ends up being like very uh, like emphatic in the way she says it. I've got the Williams blood in me. I've got the Williams blood in me. She repeats that several times. Uh, in me, in me, in me, running through my veins, Williams blood in me. I think maybe I'm projecting a little bit of, you know, the like 50 and 60 year old people in my life who are just now coming to, you know, certain conclusions mm. <laughs> about their upbringing. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like Grace Jones is, yeah, maybe she's super on top of that and just is choosing to publicly represent this stuff now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I don't think she's written a song about her mom that we've seen specifically question mark this is a cool song yeah i appreciate this song do you want to listen to the outro out the outro yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i do not know why my brain decided to pronounce it that way (laughs) the intro forgot that that ending is so interesting because it sounds like she's singing along with like an old recording of amazing grace yeah someone with a very wide vibrato like mm-hmm. a countable vibrato a very churchy lady voice i kind of wonder if there's any chance that it's her mother the recording of her mother yeah maybe Feels like that would be that would be great um and then of course like i think that's at least supposed to be the idea if not liter- the literal truth yeah, I feel like there's there's a lot you could unpack that uh, in in the imagery of like amazing grace, like gr- like it seems like grace is the name or identity she like inherited from her mother or something. Like, to, yeah. th- there seems to be like something going on there with like having the song "Amazing Grace" from a person named Grace Jones. Sure. Um, it doesn't really unpack it or like tie. She doesn't say like my mother wanted to name me grace or anything like that. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I feel like there's something there though. Yeah. Especially cause it opens with, you can't save me. You can't save a wretch like me. And then it ends with amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved yeah. a wretch like me. Cool. Cool yeah. bookends. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I feel like we should quickly breeze by Corporate Cannibal. Sure. <laughs> Just because. Like, this was... The, I, the most ICP that Grace yes, gets. it really is. And, um... Arguably. It's, uh... This was going to be the name of the album in 97, I think. Pray, eating tray for me. I can't get enough to A man eating tray for me. Yeah, so she apparently she was obsessed with the phrase corporate cannibal and wrote this song based on that phrase. Still a pre-Citizens United take. 
mm-hmm. you know so we gotta still give her credit <laughs> give her it, credit for that yeah it does um it does feel very 90s especially in the chorus uh corporate cannibal digital criminal i'm a corporate cannibal euthanized criminal corporate cannibal digital criminal corporate cannibal eat you like an animal that screams 90s uh like yeah, in that Nine Inch Nails this... song i want to eat you like an animal <laughs> I th- I think this is the 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 change in the locus of power between like this is like a you know in the eighties you know like the Cold War there's mm-hmm. these two hegemonic powers and then all of their proxy wars and that's how we're viewing power and then once the Cold War heaviest air quotes ended <laughs> um, we we started thinking about the dissolution of nation states and the, like the power of corporations, Um, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. I think that's when we started getting ideas of like, Oh yeah. Like two countries that have McDonald's won't go to war. And like, (laughs) you know, like little ideas like that were thrown around. We're just here. This is, this is where the train is or Poland station. This is paradise. Uh, yeah. Fukuyama should never fucking live that down. <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, fast forward to like 2022 and people are like, European land war? What the fuck? <laughs> uh-huh. I thought we were over this shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Um, yep. So th- there's some entertaining imagery in this song, uh, especially in the beginning. Um Pleased to meet you. Pleased to have you on my plate. Your meat is sweet to me. Your destiny, your fate. You're my life support. Your life is my sport. Um, And then the refrain, I'm a man-eating machine. I'm a man, a man-eating machine. There is some fun stuff going on there. It doesn't totally work for me. Um, But then later on, it just gets pretty goofy. Uh, Employer of the year. Grandmaster of fear. My blood flows satanical, mechanical, masonical, and chemical. I know uh, I'll... Fuck. Oh, if, if I knew that song better. Uh, I know, uh, you know, the, the, the animal, vegetable, and mineral. Oh, uh, sure. The modern major general. <laughs> Man, if I had remembered that line better, that could, that could have been a really funny little reference to drop in there. Now, just let's, let's sit and imagine how that could have gone. Let's just take a moment of silence and think about that. Uh, Shout out to all the Gilbert and Sullivan stands out there. Yes. Uh, that musical has some amazing moments, especially the Kevin Klein movie version. Um, but it also has some boring parts. Um, yeah, let's, uh, do you want to talk about well, 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 I remember like, uh, I remember liking the music. Yes. I think that's, I think that's worth talking about. God, Sly and Robbie are just like tearing it up. Yeah. Hell of a rhythm section. That bass, man. Um So this is this is a song about as far as I can tell, this is a song about uh sort of dissociating in like all of her like different ethnic and cultural identities and experiences. And she's just like, I'm getting kind of confused. I need to go back to my home. I need to go back to Jamaica. I need to recenter myself in this identity because all of this other stuff is getting in the way. And I feel uh, rootless. Mm-hmm. I think that's what this song is about. It's not yeah. a very specific song. It isn't, yeah. Um, the chorus is, well, 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 I'm on a tightrope. Well, 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 I think I'm falling. Well, 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 well. Um, I'm disappointed there's no well in this song. Like, go go fetch the doctor, Lassie. Grace Jones is falling down the well. I don't know. I, <laughs> there's, like, falling imagery. I was like, come on, just, like, 
throw us a bone give us a little well in here Come give on. us a well give us a well <laughs> um yeah i yeah I, I like the music for this one a lot it's so reggae the bass is amazing um yeah this kind of non-specific actually. lyrics i think fits really well in a reggae setting like we've yeah. talked about this in the past you know just like when mm-hmm. she's trying to fit these sort of like wandering non-specific lyrics into like a tight pop song or into disco it's like this isn't working Mm -hmm. you're not writing specifically enough and cleanly enough but when it's with a to a reggae beat it's like i don't really care um i get it yeah i'm just here to hang out with you Mm -hmm. it's a hangout song like like a hangout movie or something yeah um and yeah and there's like there's enough specificity to be like yeah you know i feel kind of like destabilized or unplaced or like i'm not settled and i think i might go home and hopefully that will help like there's enough of like an idea and story behind this song for me um yeah yeah. um yeah um let's see uh any other i mean there's hurricane yeah the eponymous song i don't have anything to say about it i literally wrote no light no notes for it yeah it's uh there's some like uh like primeval woman imagery i'm right i'm son i can give birth to she i can give birth to son and i can be cool soft as a breeze i'll be a hurricane ripping up trees i Um, really like the language i'll be a hurricane ripping up trees i think that's really powerful mm -hmm. i don't know what that seems to be a statement on its own and and that's not necessarily developed there's no like and what does that mean like you know right are the trees uh, bad did the did the trees do something bad to you grace <laughs> they right, right. you know up? trees are generally seen as like you know innocent parties <laughs> like generally yeah it's been a while yeah, since I um, saw a tree do something bad <laughs> uh, although I haven't been keeping up with my tree crime podcasts get oh or true tree crime <laughs> there is uh, um that's the beef i don't know if you watched the uh neil degrasse tight uh tyson cosmos when it came out saw a couple episodes of it yeah um i really liked it apparently like neil degrasse tyson is like kind of like low-key canceled apparently he, like raped he someone kind of a sexual assaultist yeah yeah like assaultist. <laughs> <laughs> sorry that's not funny i've just never heard that term before and assault is i don't know why i said yeah. that either <laughs> yeah uh, but yeah apparently he he allegedly he did some sexual assaulting um yeah. and he's also like even without that stuff i acknowledge that he is a an insufferable pedant um Right. In a way that that doesn't surprise me that that would lead to sexual assault. <laughs> I feel like there's a yeah. straight line there. Yeah. Anyway, one of the things he talked about in one of those episodes was that one of the the extinction events was that the trees got too big. <laughs> there's like too too much oxygen in the air, and then like the atmosphere caught fire, and mm-hmm. then there was a big extinction event because the the too many trees the forest there needed to be more deforestation and there's I, a whole rush song remember, about that <laughs> and it's a real tortured <laughs> metaphor for ayn randy and like objectivism quote. oh my god <laughs> yeah. it sucks <laughs> i remember seeing that episode and be like that was an extinction event event like there were too many trees we're fucked we're not gonna make it <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the trees couldn't even do it the rate we're planting trees say. and just like scattering new trees all over the place and growing bigger trees and humanity is just like way too into trees. And I think we're it's headed for a disaster. <laughs> uh, uh, let's talk about devil in my let's life. Talk about God, go to bed. Yeah, um, I think this is pretty clearly about uh, Jean-Paul Goud. I think you said that. Um, yeah, 
there's a moment where I was like, is this about your dad? Is this about your conservative religious dad? But mm-hmm. then he, she specifically talks about, there's a line about collaboration. Collaborate while um, being exploited. And we celebrate. Oh yeah, I have a sound sample. Yeah, let's listen. Being exploited. And we Another way in which this album seems late 90s to me is like the influence of industrial music. Yep. That was a fairly short, like somewhat fad, especially in like rock. Um, like so Trent Reznor flavor Trent to this Reznor, track. Yeah. Rammstein like had some like. Duhast. Uh, Duhast. Uh, you know, they had some like fame and, and influence and there was like this. Yeah, this like industrial rock sort of mini genre going on. And I hear some of that influence in this song uh, and elsewhere on the album, too. Um, yeah. Um, um, I appreciate, I mean, it's a little heavy handed now, but like mm-hmm. drop your names just like a bomb campaign. Uh, the idea of saying that this person's goods um, pretension was violence. Mm hmm. And that there's, like, a connection between his, like, patriarchy and misogyny, um, you know, with his, like, artistic identity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a succinct way of telling of telling that story. Mm-hmm. The only thing I think this song is really missing that would have really, like, brought it into, like, the the, like, hall of fame for me is if she had a line that was something like, I mean, I'm, I'm not a lyricist. Obviously she could work some of her artistry on this and it would be, you know, phrase better, but something, something sort of like more like Jean Paul bad. Am I right? <laughs> You're no good. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause like she, she talks about his name a lot. Speak of the devil, speak of the devil and he will appear. Uh, drop your names like a bomb campaign. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, she's she's uh, she does is not in a place where she's very fond of Jean Paul Goud, at least at this moment. If indeed this song is about Jean Paul Goud, which I think it's pretty clear it is, um, isn't it a crying shame yeah. how you became the devil in my life? Um, yeah, this makes me. This song made me really sad. Uh, I believe her. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had similar conclusions without, you know, but I, part of me kind of hoped that her, that she viewed good as like, ultimately maybe she's sort of a silly man who clung to her, but that she kind of outgrew. Yeah. Um, and this song is a little more like, no, that I, I, it kind of sucked actually to be uh, fetishized and objectified and racialized in the way that I was. Yes. And, um, but also, like, this very troubling implication that um, she is lesser without him. She has these lines, rolled back my Ugh. eyes tonight, called you inside, tied my tongue, tried to stop all your lies. I asked myself, who am I? Am I forever cast in your mold? Like, oh, no. This, like, indelible influence he's left on her and the iconography of her, of her image and like her public persona being so, I wouldn't uh, like created in collaboration with him. And like the most famous images of her are from him. Um, It's that's like a heavy idea to tackle and is, uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of a lot to, to think about and process. And um, yeah, that's uh man grace that the architect of my destruction (laughs) yeah yeah it's pretty dark and Mm -hmm. this is the last track of her last studio album yeah this is the last word from grace yeah uh it's kind of a somber note to end on yeah you want to check real quick we had talked about trying some of this out but uh right at the end do you want to check in on devil dub and see if it yeah, let's do that. Is a little bit more happy go lucky. Devil, devil, devil. We celebrate by drinking poison. We drink poison. 
Speaking of nine inch nails, that sounds kind of nine inch nailsy to me. Uh, yeah, from someone who knows almost nothing about their music, <laughs> hasn't has listened to very little of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, at some point, we should we should cover a a nine inch nails album, if not do a season on them, and have Jake Blunt on because Jake Blunt is a huge nine inch nails fan. Oh, that's really interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I would like that. Yeah. yeah. And we're huge Shake Blunt fans. I bet he would do it, at least for yeah. one episode. Ooh, I'll be starstruck. <laughs> so, 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 Jake, uh, <laughs> I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your album, Spider Tales. <laughs> Basically. If you want. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, not too far off from... <laughs> How that's how i feel about him and awkward. he's one of my best friends <laughs> yeah. uh, oh boy um yes uh yeah so that's that's grace jones grace jones this is your life um she's still performing live uh she's 73 years young um she i i i don't know yeah i don't think there's been talk of her releasing another album there there was a she contribute a song to the hunger games mockingjay part one. Oh, interesting um and she was on a gorillas song um yeah so she's still doing some like projects here and there i don't think you know there's any word of her doing any more albums or anything but never say never yeah um yeah very interesting figure i did not expect her to go through many go through so many like distinct phases of her career yeah um yeah, it's yeah, it's it's, it's been a real interesting narrative arc to it. Interesting season. Yeah, uh, it was nice to like. Yeah, I don't necessarily know if Grace Jones is someone that some that people have hot takes about. Usually, we try to go for a more obvious, uh, right. s- like star who's more ubiquitous. Who maybe there's a more nuanced take to take about um, to have. Uh, well. Um, I don't know who we're going to talk about next. I know what we're going to talk about next week. Hang on. Next week. Yeah, we have a plan for that. Come take a spin on the carny ride as we check back in on the insane clown posse next week. I think we can basically count on between seasons of Think Outside the Box that we'll always have like a th- uh, an ICP episode to catch I, up on. I think you might be right. Um, although, yeah. is it is it technically a an album or is it technically like is it an EP? It's you know? it seems full length. Maybe not ICP full length, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's a good length amount of songs is, uh, on there. Aren't there lot. at least ten songs on there? <laughs> um. Oh, what is, what is this? Uh, it's yeah, it's listed under their EPs on Wikipedia. Okay. Um, well, we 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 can cover it. Yeah. Um, why not? It seems like it's in the like plant mm-hmm. plant villain thing which wasn't yeah. really fleshed out in the last Not album really yeah uh, they're gonna do yeah, a uh, they're gonna do a, a trio of them of eps this year apparently right. according to wikipedia Fine. they're planning <laughs> wicked vic the weed pug ugly the stink bud and whoa Fine. the weeping weirdo or sorry weeping weirdo. sure <laughs> sure why not <laughs> yeah what crazy I, uh, wicked <laughs> names those are <laughs> Yeah, what if someone was evil? I'm sure there will be a song what about if that. There was something called a stink bud. <laughs> Isn't that horrorcore? <laughs> it's very horrorcore. 
I only found out because uh, I kind of on a on a whim last minute decided to in our last D and D campaign mm-hmm. um, have a cliffhanger that we were going to have to fight some insane clown pirates. Yes, and uh, so I was like listening to icp for the first time in a while just for fun and i was and i was listening to of course the mighty depth death pop which i think mm. might be their best album it's your favorite and i was just sure. like it's it's my favorite right. yeah and i was like these are great i was <laughs> listening to uh juggalo juice and i was like this song rules this is so good <laughs> and obviously the mighty death pop and mm-hmm. um I don't know. Oh, that it has a song. It's it's called like Ghetto Rainbows or something. Oh, yeah. Um, I can't remember that one. There's some great shit in that album, and the production is great, and the like lyrics are some of the tightest lyrics in ICP. Mm-hmm. There's a song called "Up Your Ass." <laughs> <laughs> it's right up my alley. <laughs> or is that from the? It's so hard. God, it's so hard to like go through their discography on uh i Spotify. i have to it go to bed so and good. i have to okay, pee okay okay so let's <laughs> let's wrap it up hopefully not in that order but we'll see how it goes we'll see where the night takes us all right <laughs> thanks for listening everyone we'll be back next week with wicked vic from icp um until that time, you can visit us online at boxhead website. Email us at email at boxhead website. Go to our Twitter, Topias uh, Podcast. Uh, go to our Discord. The link will be in the show notes. Uh, here's something I don't know if we've talked about recently, but if you join the Discord, you can see us record these things live and look at our little faces, our tiny, tiny faces. Uh-huh. And here's a little secret uh, 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 Easter egg is if you do that, if you join the Discord and you follow along live, you can see us record our secret mini show called What's in the Box Weekly, which is usually only for supporters, but we didn't feel like going through all the trouble of like having a secret channel only for supporters on the discord and it's like well if you're that committed that you're following along live, yeah, sure sure you can have it um so if Why you want to if you want to take a little sample of what that show's about um join us live or kick us a few bucks on patreon at support.boxsite.website you'll get access to all of the episodes there's so honestly many. way easier than it's, tuning yeah, in at a specific easier. time that we may or may not be there yeah it's like only two dollars <laughs> only two bucks yeah. yeah and you can like cancel and you know you try one <laughs> month if you want i don't know whatever it's it's a, it's a few um you should also listen to cameron's other podcast called get up in the cool i wish you would it's good <laughs> i episode 300 is coming up oh, and shit. if i can find enough uh, uh intermediate episodes it's going to be there's going to be a very special episode 300 oh uh, i think i might and if know i can't find enough interviews about. in between it'll happen sooner <laughs> mm-hmm. interesting that's yeah. fun Yes. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt, and I've information, vegetable, animal, and mineral. I know the kings of England, and I quote the fights historical from Marathon to Waterloo in order categorical. And I've been Cameron DeWitt and something, something, Sean Paul II, Vatican II. Too Vatican, too furious. I said a lot of just like inexplicably weird stuff tonight. Sean Paul II. <laughs> what the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> I thought I appreciated that. Uh, Joan E. Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs>